0: perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2006. Is sugar bad for you, and does it make you fat? Part two, by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com, and I'm Dr. Neil. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online. Now, today's episode is part two of a longer post. If you missed part one, then I'd recommend going back and listening to yesterday's episode first. That was episode 2005. But if you're all caught up, let's keep this intro nice and short and get right to part two and continue optimizing your life. Is sugar bad for you and does it make you fat? Part two by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. Now, if glycogen stores are completely topped off, then something happens where the carbs are turned into fat And that process is called de novo lipogenesis, but this is incredibly rare in humans. The interesting part of this is you have to eat an insane amount of carbohydrates in a short period of time for this to happen. To put some figures to it, one study suggests the maximum glycogen storage capacity for humans is 15 grams of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight. For perspective, let's take an average man or woman who weighs 150 pounds, or about 68 kilos. When doing the math, 15 times 68 equals 1,020, we have a total of 1,020 grams of carbohydrates, which is equal to 4,080 calories. This is also assuming the person is completely carb depleted. So if that were the case, anything consumed above the 1,020 grams of carbohydrates would then be converted into fat. If they weren't depleted, it would take fewer carbs to make this happen. But who consumes this many carbohydrates in a day? No one does, unless they're actively trying to. Or a competitive athlete doing long bouts of training. Think endurance athletes like running or biking for hours or Michael Phelps. Or maybe if they're drinking soda by the case and eating birthday cake for breakfast. And if this is you, then those carbs are probably being converted to fat. That's a load of sugar. So what actually causes fat gain? The simple answer is caloric surplus over time and consuming too many foods very high in fat and carbohydrates, which easily creates the caloric excess. Three reasons why sugar isn't making you fat, and what actually is. 1. Carbs are stored for fuel first, and then converted to fat as a last resort. When ingesting carbohydrates, fructose is stored in the liver, and everything else is stored in the muscles. Your muscles can store quite a lot of carbohydrates, and it's for good reason the body will need to utilize them as energy during intense activity, like from your weight training or cardio sessions. Even thinking requires a good amount of carbohydrate. The only time carbohydrates will be stored as fat is if you consistently eat enough to top off and go beyond your glycogen storage capacity. Then the process of de novo lipogenesis occurs. Fat, on the other hand, is the easiest nutrient to store in your fat cells because it's fat, it's already fat. There's no conversion process necessary. After ingestion, it will be stored in your fat cells to be burned off later during rest. 2. Our carb to fat ratio perception is way off. If you ever ask someone what their favorite carb heavy foods are, the responses are often those foods that not only contain lots of carbohydrates, but also lots of fat. Think of the following foods donuts, pizza, ice cream, pasta, candy bars. When examining these, they all contain a big dose of fat per serving. One donut can easily contain over 20 grams of fat, which is equal to half the daily intake of some individuals. I had three quarters of a deep dish pizza recently that put me at 150 grams of fat in that one meal alone. Ice cream contains a lot of sugar and milk fat from the cream, and most pasta dishes are loaded with olive oil and or creamy sauces. So the idea of high-carb foods are most often containing lots of fat too which creates the ultimate situation for fat storage. More on this in a second. And three, it's easier to overeat on fat and carbs together than one or the other in unison. When those snarky headlines suggest that sugar is addictive, it's blatantly misleading. Why? Because sugar in unison is not very appetizing. When's the last time you grabbed a spoon and a bag of sugar and sat in front of the TV? Probably never, because that would be disgusting. The sugar by itself is too sweet. The same goes for fat. When's the last time you ate coconut oil out of the jar or drank olive oil with dinner? Probably never, because this stuff ain't that tasty by itself. But when you combine sugar and fat together, it creates the most palatable food ever. It's why French fries taste so good. They're fried in oil and covered in salt. It's what make cookies and pie easy to overeat. They're so dense with butter and loaded with simple sugars. Donuts are loaded with fat, and we all love a good donut. It may be why snack foods are so hard to limit. When I was a kid, I would eat the entire bag of Doritos in one sitting and still be hungry for more. Most snack food is engineered to be addictive, but it's not the fat or sugar alone, it's the combination. So it's not actually the carbs or the fat to blame for making us fat, it's the amount we eat and how easy it is to overeat with these types of foods. The details of fat storage. We store body fat by overeating consistently but some foods are easier to overeat than others. In the end, an excess of energy or calories is what will cause fat gain. All the fat we consume is broken down and stored. There's no way to get around this. The fat will enter our mouths, get broken down in our intestines, enter our blood, and be stored in our fat cells. The trick as to whether or not you gain fat and or body weight is your energy balance. If you're in a deficit, you're not going to gain any weight because the fat you eat and the fat on your body will be burned as energy. If you're in a caloric excess, the extra fat you ingest can be stored on your body. This is why many bodybuilders and athletes prefer a higher carbohydrate diet than a higher fat diet because the excess carbohydrates can be stored in the muscles and liver and it's harder for the body to convert them into fat. A higher fat intake on a hypercaloric or excessive energy diet will lead to a higher rate of fat gain because it's so easily stored over carbohydrates and proteins. Protein is rarely stored as fat because it has to be broken down to repair the muscles and other tissues. If you're weight training regularly, any excess protein will go towards that recovery. If there's a huge excess, then protein will be converted to carbohydrates via gluconeogenesis in the case your body needs more sugar. And the only way protein would get stored as fat is if you're already overeating on carbs. And as a result of de novo lipogenesis, they'll be converted to fat. But remember, this is highly unlikely if you're training and not overconsuming loads of carbs from sugary drinks or junk food. How carbs actually make us fat. While they don't directly cause fat gain, when lots of sugar is coupled with lots of fat, the likelihood of you storing fat on your body goes up a good amount. Not by the combination of the macros, but because it can make for some very dense food choices that will easily put you into a calorie surplus. This is why foods like pizza, hot wings, and beer Macaroni and cheese, biscuits and gravy, and Cap'n Crunch covered donuts can seemingly be the carb-heavy foods that cause fat gain. But remember, it's not the carbs; it's the excess fat that goes along with them, making your waistline expand. A life without comfort food? Should you forego these tasty foods forever? Not a chance. This is why I have my clients doing high-calorie days, eating whatever they like to help restore glycogen lost from heavy training, and to restore sanity from a moderately low-fat diet. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Is Sugar Bad for You and Does It Make You Fat? by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform Dr. Neil here for my commentary. As I was reading this to you, I felt like JC was picking on me. Pizza, french fries, donuts, these are my top three favorite foods and he mentioned all three of those in this post. But luckily he and I agree that I don't need to stop consuming these foods because it's not about that. When it comes to fat gain and fat loss, it really is about consistency over time. And if we can create even a slight calorie deficit consistently. Eventually, the body will turn to using your fat as fuel or as energy. When your body uses fat for energy, that's when our fat cells shrink. There are many ways to create an energy deficit. You can have half a soda instead of the full can of soda. That would save you right there around 70 calories. If you swap out half a can of soda instead of a full can of soda, and you do that five times this week, that's five times 70 that's 350 calories saved without you even blinking. If you add to that a little bit of activity where you're burning calories, well, now maybe you can get that number up to 500 calories burned or lost over the course of five days. 500 calories, let's say for a week times four weeks in a month, well, that's 2,000 calories a month burned and or saved. That over time will definitely lead to a slimmer waistline. It really doesn't have to be overwhelming. It really doesn't mean that you have to give up everything you like. Like JC, am I able to finish off a whole medium pizza on my own and have I done that? Yep, I'm not happy to say it, but I have done that. But one time, once in a while, doesn't mean that it's gonna contribute to my waistline. It's consistency over time. If I were to eat a whole medium pizza on my own every week for the next two months, well, yeah, now that's gonna lead to some weight gain and likely some fat gain. But thankfully, that's not what I do. So if you can consistently burn a few more calories a day and or trim back on a few calories in your diet, you do that consistently, your waistline will show its effects. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned because I have a bonus episode coming right up. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.